Now it's stripping time. This is our parking brought to you by Ray Honda and Ray Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning, recording from my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. Coming up on today's show, a little bit of car news, personal car news, as we continue to look for another car for my wife. Also, are you the one that does stuff for people, but you don't think people would do the same for you? Is it true or is it kind of a personal, like you have to, you know, is, is it you or is it them? Really, I guess that's what you have to ask yourself. Also got an event coming up. So all that after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Your truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. We had a carpet. We had a we had a giant carpet, nine by nine foot by twelve foot in our living room. Got this thing maybe four or five years ago, and this thing got dirty. I used to I would lay on the couch and ask you that because where our cousins were over, I said that a couple episodes ago, and I go, you know, Izzy's not here anymore, so you can't blame my dog, but I feel like I'm smelling dog pee. Like it just, how do you not smell that? And she's like, I don't smell it, and I'm like, I'm I'm telling you. I have a nose. They know I have a nose. I'm the one who gets to smell the food. Does this cheese smell bad? And I go, yes, it does. Throw it out. And so we take this thing outside. We try to wash it. So I pull out my power washer. I have a, an alarm set to start this thing once a month. Because if you don't, it's a gas powered. The carburetor gets all gummed up. I went through this a year ago, a year and a half ago. I had to order parts online, Briggs and Stratton. Put that, th- take it apart, watch a couple videos, put it back together. Spray the little carburetor cleaner starter kickstart thing. Pull the pull the handle and this thing fires off. So I had that alarm set, but I haven't actually used this thing in probably 18 months. So I was a little worried that, you know, it's not going to work. But why don't we use that? Because we no longer have a carpet shampooer. So we pull this thing out, set it on the driveway. My wife's watching some video. Video says that when you clean the carpet, make sure you put plastic down underneath it. We said, well, we don't really have any. It said put a tarp. So if that goes, Jay, do we have a tarp? I'm sitting there thinking most normal people don't have tarps. You, If you own a tarp, it's for a specific reason, like maybe to cover the wood that you chopped out back for winter last time. Like most people just don't have tarps. Maybe if you go camping a lot, you have a tarp. So the answer is no. I have these lawn bags, these big leaf heavy-duty bags. Maybe we can use those. And so she cuts those in half, lays them out puts them on the driveway. We put this big, nasty rug down. She looks up some concoction off of, I don't know, YouTube or TikTok, this cleaner that doesn't really make sense to me. It's like fabric softener, dishwashing detergent, and borax or something. I go, well, okay, we could try that, or we could just buy some carpet cleaner. So she put it on there, and I said, hey, why don't we use my power washer? 
and we could just put the attachment on there. The soap, the super suds attachment. So we're spraying this thing down. It's getting soaked with soap and water and we don't really have a brush. I go, well, why don't we use the garage broom? <laughs> so I tell her, I go inside because I still have to work. That's the thing is she took the day off and I have one of those spouses that if they're not working, nobody's working or it's I'm off. And I know you're busy, but since I'm off, I'm going to try to do stuff. So I'm going to call you to help me. Or she's not going to call me at all and try to do something like she moved all the sofas. I go, what are you doing? I'm right upstairs. Ask me for help. I can help you move the sofas. Well, I didn't want to bother you. Yeah, but you're going to fucking kill yourself. So anyway, we're out there. We're doing this thing. Doesn't really work that well. And then we find out it's going to rain soon. So she goes, well, let's put the rug in the house. I go, okay, well, let's try to squeeze you off as much of the water as we can off this 9 by 12 area rug. So we roll it up, we put it in the garage, and the thing is too big. Now, I can either take the NSX out and let the NSX just sit there in the rain, which, by the way, it's not going to melt, but still, rather not. Or I can clear room on the other half of the garage, and so that's what I did. I, I put the big tables up, the folding tables, and we unfolded this thing, put it on there, and it's just water's just dripping off the side because obviously we had no way to, like, pull the water off because when you wash the carpet – or anything like that, you have to either, you have to try to squeegee it out, which is really tip, difficult, or you have to have a, an extractor, a carpet cleaner, the thing that sucks the water into a little bin. Now, I know we used to own those things. We had one, then when my mother-in-law moved in with us, we had two. Hers never worked, didn't want us to throw it away. Eventually, we just threw it out anyway. But think about that water when you empty it. Just think about that, okay? So we don't have anything to pull the water off the rug. And so the rug's just dripping on the floor. Come in the house. The next 24 hours, the house stinks because the garage seal to the garage door to the to the, the garage isn't good. And so when I go out there, I look on the floor, and we have this beautiful polyaspartic flooring now, and it looks like someone peed all over the floor. It is It was fucking nasty as shit. So we rolled it up. My son brought his, his, uh, his extractor over, his carpet cleaner over, and... Yvette couldn't help me, so I pulled it off. I pulled it in the driveway. I cleaned the shit out of it. It took three hours cleaning this thing. I went over it three or four times with a with carpet shampooer, and that water was fucking nasty. And then I went over it with the steamer. And then, of course, it's going to rain, which is weird. It is late February in Arizona. It should not be raining. So I used the extractor. I got most of the liquid off. I rolled it up, put it back on the table, let it dry out. Well, I tried to let it dry out. My daughter comes over and she decides to, she, she bought a dresser off a of Facebook marketplace and she's sanding it. Now I closed the garage door, but at some point the garage door got open. And so now all this dust is settled on this rug. The rug looks dirty as shit. My wife's like, is it look like that? That's gross. I go, no, 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 that's the dust. It didn't look like that before. Why is it brown? Why isn't it down here on the other side? I go, because this is as far as the dust traveled before the water molecules reached up and grabbed it and pulled it down. It's the same thing with under the carpet. So the carpet looked like shit. We had to make an executive decision. So we decided after all that time to roll the carpet up and put it out by the curb. And I said, just buy a new carpet. None of that matters. But what does matter is that power washer that I have, I decided to list it for sale. Because I wanted to list it to, for sale anyway. But I figured since I hadn't used it in so long, it's not going to start. And someone's going to lowball me. And I'm not going to be able to sell it unless I replace the carburetor. So after we end up using it for the carpet, I listed it on sale. Facebook Marketplace got a bunch of, you know, I, and I, I listed it for 150 
It's about $300 brand new. We've had it for a long time. Nowadays, you can buy electric ones, which I'm going to buy. And, you know, for $300, $250, whatever. So I figured I would just put it for $150 because I know someone's going to offer me $100. Sure as shit, a bunch of people offer me $100. Some people offer me $80. So one guy's like, I'll give you $120. Two guys are like, I'll give you $120. Then this lady hits me up and she says, Will you accept $125? I'm thinking, okay, well, two people asked me, offered $120. They're not here yet. Everybody wants to know if it's available. Everybody wants to know if you'll if they can come get it. But then when you ask them when they're gonna they're gonna come get it, they were like, "Well, uh, I gotta I gotta find a ride." Or can I get it in three days? And you're like, "No, you can't get it in three days. It's first come first serve." So I'm thinking, okay, this lady is 125, and she goes like, "Well, I need your address. I need your address." So I gave her my closest cross streets, and she gave me her cross streets. And I go, "Wow, you're like right around the corner," and so I knew she was legit, or I felt she was legit because she was. 30 minutes later, she shows up. I load the power washer in the back of her car. I showed her how to use it. She pulls out her money and she goes, now you told my husband you'd do it for 120. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. 120 is fine. But it's, it's like this. Come on, guys. Are we, are we doing this husband-wife thing where you both get on Facebook Marketplace and try to get something? And if that's the case, maybe you should conversate between each other. Because if you're offering me 125 and your husband offered me 120, you guys need to have that conversation. And of course, it's just five dollars. Like Yvette said, it's five dollars. And I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, sure, take it. Take it. But my thought is this, and this is how I explain it to Yvette. I go, look, if three people say they're gonna pay 120, is that's fine. Then it becomes really first come, first serve. If somebody says they're gonna pay you 125, that moves them to the front of the line. And all the 120s are secondary. Unless that person who says 125 can't come and get it anytime soon, then you're just take 120. I just want to get it out of here. Five dollars is five dollars. Oh yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah, so that's it's that's what it's about. It's not about it's just five dollars and I can I can't live without five dollars. It's if you offer me more money, this is how auctions work, right, guys? This is how for sales work. I give you 20, I'll give you 25. Well, I'll give you 30, I'll give you 35. Come on, guys, keep going, keep going. But you're not gonna say, no, no, you offer 20. You offered first, I'm selling it to you. That's not how this works, especially on these Facebook marketplace and what's that other offer up bullshit, which is full of nothing but bots. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know how I feel about selling you stuff. The what's the lowest amount you're willing to take people. And some of you are that people. If I'm selling something that says this or best offer, it's got to be best reasonable offer. But this wasn't that. But I already knew that people were going to offer. And I'm fine with it. But anyway, one of the things I wanted to really talk about before I get on to the rest of this episode is, you know, you guys know what I do for work. At least most of you do. I live contract to contract. And so I worked six to, well, it used to be 12 months. Back in the day, here, here's the deal. So back in the day when I would get hit by recruiters, they go, hey, we have an opportunity in this city. And the contract is nine to 12 months. And you always want 12. And... It's shitty if you only get a six-month contract, which they usually renew. But one of the things that the recruiters always say is, is like, well, it's a, uh, a three-month contract with possibility for renewal. No, no. They say possibility for renewal. That's a, that's a buzz phrase. Everybody who's been doing it long enough knows that that don't mean shit. That's just to get you on the books. But anyway, I live contract to contract. And when I have a job, I do pretty well. But there's people that do what I do or that used to do what I do 
or will eventually do what I do that I come across all the time. And it's not just work, it's everything in life. You know, Wes likes to call me a connector and maybe I am, maybe I'm just a networker and I like to get, I like to put people together and don't necessarily want anything from it. But really what I want is that it gives me good, good vibes and good juju, I guess is the term. So one day it's going to happen for me. And one of the things I notice is I have a lot of people in my life that I think are my friends that I care about. And I know even in my own circles sometimes what I am willing to do to help somebody isn't a huge deal, but it might help them tremendously. Right? So if you're looking for someone who, if you're going to start a business and you're like, Hey, I'm really looking for someone who can get me a bunch of, you know, copiers, color copiers. Cause I, I go online and everything costs too much. And then half the shit doesn't work. Jay, do you know anyone? I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I know a few people, but let me look around. So I may be at a networking event one day and I meet someone who sells copiers and do a little research on them. They got the best copiers. And through that relationship of mine, they're like, yeah, you know, just, you know, you're a good guy, Jay. And if you know anyone, send them my way and just have them mention your name. And I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them because you're a cool guy, Jay. We hang out, we get along. And if they're cool with you, if you're cool with them, then they're cool with me. And so I will go back to that first person and go, Hey, Still looking for the copiers? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, cool. I met a guy. His name is this. Seems super legit. Best price in the world. Good luck. And then they'll go and they'll meet and it'll be the best thing in the world. And I do that for people. Work contracts. Jay, do you know anyone looking for a contract? I'll keep my eye out. Hey, so-and-so, friend of mine, this place is hiring. You may want to hook them up. Okay, thanks for the lead, Jay. Appreciate it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But nobody really does that for me. I can't think, and there's there's obviously people out there somewhere, but I can't really think of the last time that I needed something and people that I know had the ability to make that connection actually made that connection, connected me. They kept those connections for themselves, and we're not in com- competition with each other. But if I can do you a solid a favor, then why don't you do me a solid favor? And I think people listening to this right now have those people in their lives as well. Are you a connector? You know, it's, it's the classic thing is, are you a giver or are you a taker? And I think most people fall, should hopefully fall somewhere right in the middle. I give when I can, I take when I can, or accept when I can. And I don't know, I think I'm a giver and a taker. But for those simple things, like I have a friend who's in a certain position at a certain company. Let's just, this, this is the whole root of this. Okay, guys, this is, you know, I tried to dance around it, but I'm just going to tell you guys. And they had a job opening a few months ago and I needed a job. So I hit them up because I was like, Hey man, I heard your place is hiring. What's up? He goes, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you think I could do it? Yeah, you could totally do it. Should I have an interview? Oh, I'll talk to my people and see what. And this is like my, I thought this was my boy and maybe he is my boy, but maybe he's just not wired like that. And so what it came down to is he goes, well, your availability, cause I had some vacation coming up. Your availability is going to be the issue here. Plus we interview this other guy. We like him a lot. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I'll keep my eye out and ears out next time we have an opening. So, all right, cool, man. Again, this is my boy. A couple weeks ago, my recruiter says, Hey, 
we're looking for a person that with this skill set in this area. And I go, well, where, who, where is it at? Who's the client? My recruiter told me the client. And I go, huh? You know, I got a boy over there. And my recruiter asked me, is it so-and-so? And I go, yeah. All right, well, I'll try to find out more information about it. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, damn, we just talked about this. Like, here's the deal. Don't make it personal, which obviously I'm making it personal. Make it business. And so if I ask you, any, any of you, am I the right person for this job? Would you work with me? Would you work with me to plan this car show? Would you work with me again side by side in an office building? based on all my pros and my cons, and you tell me, yes, I would, I would love to work with you again, then you better not be fucking bullshitting me because your pattern suggests that that's not the case. And then I have to question, are we even boys? Because if you're really my boy, like, here's the deal. I've had people in my life, and I I started from a young age where I've worked with people, I've hired my friends, I have fired my friends and disciplined my friends. And I am still friends with almost all those people. You have to learn to differentiate. And this is a very high thinking, in my, in my opinion, this is a very high thinking individual. Like I think a lot of this person, but stuff like this, it's like, dude, really? Why do I have to hear about your company's position? And you're in a position to know this before you reach out to me. If you ever reach out to me, still hasn't reached out to me. But here's the thing. I just heard that I'm probably going to be extended. Well, I am going to be extended, but they're working on the paperwork through the end of 2023, which is great because what happens when you live your life three to six months at a time, it directly impacts your ability to successfully plan vacations. And you can still plan your vacations, but sometimes you get a gig where they're like, where they ask, what days are you going to be out? And I say, well, from October 30th through September 6th, I'm going to Fiji, which I'm not. Oh, well, that's too bad. We have a mandatory period there. There's a vacation blackout. Either you can't go or you find another job. And there are places out there that are like that. They usually work with you, but still, right? Because there are times where if, like right now I'm building, so I do healthcare IT. I'm working on a brand new installation on the East Coast, and I'm the one analyst in my field of specialty that's worked on this project for the last six months. We're supposed to open the doors like this first quarter and it got pushed back. I'm going out of town soon on vacation and thank goodness those dates don't fall on vacation. But those are, there are times where I have to rearrange my vacations. But if you know what you have laid out in front of you through the rest of the year, then you can plan those vacations and not have to worry about it as much. And when I don't work, I don't get paid, but I've learned in life, you just have to not get paid. Because you have to take time for vacations. You have to take time for family. You have to take time for friends and hobby. And when you're not doing that, then you can work. Let's get into some car news. You know, before we jump into the car news, there's a lot of weird shit still going on. You know, Porsche guy Phil and I had talked about it on the last episode. And one of the Supporters of the show reached out and we've had a bunch of phone conversations this week and he's been sending me stuff from Twitter and it is amazing. It is crazy the amount of things that are going on right now. And if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, now is the time because all this stuff seems to be a crazy coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Something's happening. I don't know what it is. We may never know what it is. And maybe that's a good thing. It's like those movies, right? It's like Mission Impossible. 
and these espionage movies where that one person, those three people that we're never going to know about, basically stop the, the earth from exploding. So I think we're going to need something like that so that we could look back and be like, hey, man, remember when all those trails derailed and all those, those nuclear factories caught on fire and all those precious metals factories caught on fire at the exact same time and nobody knew anything? That's silly, right? Because nothing happened because these, these heroes saved the planet. Anyway, so we're doing some car shopping. Wife's looking for a new car. And I think the last time we spoke, she had drove an Audi and an MDX. The other day we went out and we drove a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. These are brand new. We're, we're thinking we're going to lease instead of buy. Now, I know there's pros and cons for leasing a car versus buying a car. And the, and the people, a lot of people are on that same argument where, why would you lease a car? Why would you pay money for a car that's not yours? Um, my counter to that is when you buy a car, it's still technically not yours until you've paid it off. So there's pros and cons. It's the same thing with the house. Why would you rent when you could buy? Or why would you rent a house when you should be trying to buy a house? Well, houses are expensive and it's a lot harder to purchase a house. And sometimes you get screwed and you have no choice but to rent a house or rent an apartment. You're like, well, that's money down the drain. Well, so is you, you, we buy houses and I'm getting off topic here, but we buy houses and we think they're ours. Our house is never ours. Now, when you, and I guess the trickery is when they ask you questions is, are you, are you renting or are you a homeowner? Well, I'm a homeowner, you know, cause I own the home, but I don't really own the home. The bank owns my home. The city owns my home. It's the, the property that I'm on. And if I don't want to play ball one day, they just raise the taxes and squeeze me out of my house. But Anyway, so buying a car versus leasing. When should you make that decision? I think it depends on what it is you do. What's your life, right? My wife probably drives. Well, she definitely drives less than 12,000 miles a year now. She's not into modifying her vehicle. She likes to keep up with the maintenance, but always complains when she has to take it in because it costs a lot. So a lot of these newer vehicles, and I guess Volkswagen has been doing this for years, but you put a lot of money down to lease, and maybe that's a big difference here instead of buy. When you're buying a vehicle, you can put down whatever you want, but your payment's going to be through the roof. When you're leasing a vehicle, they typically say, if you want this deal, you have to put this amount of money down. But the thing is, if we lease an MDX, we put $6,000 down, $5,000 down. We got to sell the, the Audi. We put whatever we sell the Audi plus a couple grand down. For a lease, then we get, I think it's two years, two years free uh, complimentary maintenance. You don't have to worry about your oil changes and, and dumb shit for a couple of years. And then at the end of the two-year lease, if, if you guys don't know how leases work, they all have a residual or a, uh, sorry, like a balloon payment at the end. So if I get a two-year lease on, I'm making some numbers up here, okay, guys? So put your calculators away. If I get a two-year lease on a $30,000 vehicle and my payments, I don't know, $400 a month, what they're saying is because you can't pay off a $30,000 vehicle in two years at $300 a month or whatever. I don't even remember what number I just said for $400 a month. It's, the, the math doesn't work even at 0%. It just doesn't work. So what they say is at the end of that 24 months, they estimate that vehicle is going to be worth $23,000. Instead of 30,000. Fuck, did I say 30 or 40? I don't even know. 
I'm moving the I'm moving the goalposts. <laughs> so we'll say thirty thousand, right? So at the end of two years, your car is worth twenty three thousand dollars. So that's only seven thousand dollar difference. And what happens is, as you get toward the end of your lease, they ask you, "Hey, would you like to extend your lease, or would you like to turn your lease in, or would you like to buy your vehicle?" And so at the end of two years, the market says my vehicle, if I go on if cars.com and I were to buy that vehicle that's now two years old, if the average price of the vehicle is $20,000, now my vehicle is, according to the bank, they valued it at twenty three. So I'm $3,000 behind the market. That's a negative for me. That means if I want to sell that vehicle, no one's going to want to buy it for twenty three when everybody else is selling it for twenty. So then if unless I really love that vehicle, like it's an NSX, a $30,000 NSX, then I'm going to say I'm done with it. I've had it for two years, no penalties on it. I can turn it in or I can trade it in for a new lease. That's how this works. But if the vehicle, if the market says after two years, the vehicle is worth 26000 and my paperwork says it's going to be worth 23000 that means... I have $3,000 that the market suggests I could play with. Now I can say I'm going to keep the car or I can try to sell it. I actually did this with my old, an old uh, Acura that I had. I can say I'm going to put it on AutoTrader or cars.com for $25,000. $25,500 just off lease, less than 24,000 miles, woman-owned, woman-driven, you know, all the – the the records maintenance records, and I'm probably gonna let's say I sell it. Now I'm two thousand dollars up, so it's I could take that money and I could put it on another car. I could roll it into a new lease. When you buy a vehicle, you know the vehicle is air quotes mine, but you don't have that. Plus, we're looking at either a certified pre owner or a brand new car. I told her, you know, I know I, I think honestly for how much she drives, we should just lease it. Because when you buy a certified pre-owned, that car is going to be probably three years or newer because they're not going to certify a car that's four or five years old. So then the thing about a certified car is it pretty much gets treated like it's a factory new car, but it's already three or four years old. So then by the time you pay this thing off or you have the opportunity to refinance it in six years, now you're dealing with a nine-year-old car. So... We, we looked at um, the, like I said, we looked at the Jeep Grand Cherokee. She didn't really like it. It's a little different than the Jeeps I remember driving. It's a little bigger. It's a little more trucky. And that's what she didn't like about it. The creature comforts weren't as good. But then she drove an Infiniti QX60. As I kept telling her, I go, honey, you should drive an Infiniti. I don't know if I want an Infiniti. I said, I, I don't I think you should just drive it just so you can compare. I've had a QX50 rental, uh, what, last year? I had it for a couple weeks. It was pretty nice. Like the interior was really nice. The exterior was pretty cool looking. The motor sucked, but it was really nice. But I'm, you know, I need speed. I need to drive fast. So she gets in this QX60 and this thing is fantastic. It's about the same price as an MDX and some of the other cars we've been looking at. But one of the things, one of the features this thing had that we just were mind blown, it's got the rear view mirror and she looks through it and it looks normal, right? Like I'm sitting in the back seat while the salesman's in the front seat and I can see her sunglasses and kind of looking back at me. 
But then he reaches up when we get on the highway and he flips a little switch on it and it goes to a rear bumper camera style. I think it was a bumper. It was a little higher. I think it was like the tailgate camera and it was 180 degrees. You could see the entire, like everything behind you, including cars rolling up on your blind spot. And that was pretty cool. It's a newer technology. He said they're starting to put it in some of the Cadillacs. I think the Escalades have that. Not a lot of vehicles have that. That right there, damn near sold the car. Like that thing was badass. And so, you know, going into this week, we're not sure. I told her maybe because she goes, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really leaning toward the QX60 now. And I go, yeah. But, you know, my guy at the Acura of Tempe said he's going to hook us up because I bought the NSX there. And she said she really likes both cars. When you look it up online, the MDX ranks a little bit higher than the Q60. So I told her, you know, we need to go back and we need to drive an MDX again. So that's that's what we're going to do. I feel like we're probably going to get the MDX, but she needs to make a decision because the air conditioner doesn't work in the Audi and we don't plan on fixing it. And that is the car news. So as I mentioned in the opening, there's a car event coming up. This is the Tempe Beach Concourse. Aaron Forrester was on here a few weeks ago and talked about that. That is going to be March 18th. Just did a photo shoot today with Will and my friend Nikki. And my friend Kenny was a photographer. I wanted to get photos of the cars together because we all have the one auto number decals on the side. But it's time to take all the decals off my car. So I'm going to go back to pure white with white wheels for probably a month. And then decide I'll probably go back to the Macross build or something. I'll be going on vacation pretty soon. You guys won't know. I'll have an episode uh, recorded and ready to roll for you. I'll tell you about it when I get back. I noticed on Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Most of my listeners come from Apple. But Spotify has a new metric via Anchor. Anchor has a new metric via Spotify. Spotify owns Anchor. And I can now see how many people have subscribed to me on Spotify. And it's really nice. So thank you. Most of you don't listen to the show every week, but thank you. So with that being said, I do want to thank Ray Hunt and Wright Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, and Cell Shop Wireless Services. Patreon Business Supporter, Korea Automotive, Out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction, Alconaway, Michigan, Beak House, Small Home Design, on Ashburn, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan, Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals, Out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shaping Success with the West Tankersley Out of Boise, Idaho. Catch myself in West Tankersley typically every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Pacific time on Instagram Live. We do a show. It is not a podcast, but we it's very casual. So we just hang out, have a couple of drinks, and bring all of we have a, we have listeners. We have a pretty good following. Not a lot of people, but very faithful people. And I guess in theory, it's just like it 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 works the way it's supposed to. It's a virtual drink. Sometimes the same people show up, sometimes not the same people show up, but we're always there, usually. I say usually because this Wednesday I will not be at One Drink Wednesday, but you guys should still tune in to check out Wes and whoever else he plugs in. also want to thank Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Camina, Andrew Bunkley for being Patreons. Those of you, if you're listening to this right now, you need to check the Patreon. I dropped a, a very personal story on there. In a personal situation. That's what I do on the Patreon. If you want to email the show, heartbrokenpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram at jfinning. Join the Heartbroken Violations Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube page. I put up a video, I think last week, with me unboxing something I still haven't used, but it's the Adam Mini Pro ISO. I don't use it very soon. I can't grow that. Tell the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.
Now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that. 